On this episode, we watched The Gallows. The story of Vincent Gallo. Male model turned artiste and filmmaker. Turned and drummer. Fellatio receiver. (laughs) (laughs) It's on his business card, yep. He's fellatio receiver for the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, everybody. I'm Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse. Nice energy, Stu. And over here in the three spot, it's Elliot Kalen. Now, you may think, by the laws of context, Elliot just popped open a brewski. Incorrect. That was Stuart. Uh, Yeah, can you just jump in there, Dan, and edit what I did, the sound effect, the Foley work I was doing? Just put that around to when I said something. Yeah, yeah. Funny. So this, so the audience doesn't get confused because okay. they're morons. And then just, just keep l- looping that in like as a stinger every time <laughs> every I make time. one of my classic punctuate jokes. Punctuate it. Punctuate it. Yeah, l- yeah. Layer it. And I'll lay in a laugh track every time you make one of your classic <laughs> oh, goof ups. Yeah, and yeah, when please Stu- do. When Stuart enters, the audience should go ooh like he's Kelly Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you guys and every, every time right before he enters, there should be a, a toilet flushing sound effect. Like he's Al Bundy. <laughs> you know, let's just do Married with Children. <laughs> Why not? It's been long enough. Okay. I call not Bud. Okay. Oh, boy. You're Dan's Marcy Darcy, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Perfect casting. <laughs> Perfect casting. Yeah. Uh, now, what I like about it is it's gender blind, too. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Come a long way, baby. <laughs> it's Virginia Slims. <laughs> Just uh, like that, that new show, Gender Blind. Gender is a cop and blind is a lawyer. They don't like each other, mm-hmm. but they have to work together. Also, gender has all the genders, and blind is blind. Yeah. Those aren't their names. Well, I can't tell if Elliot's pitch is offensive, but let me check. Uh, it's cop plus not a cop. It works. Okay. Yep. The, yeah. the, the, the math is there. Now, I want to apologize to the audience who may notice that my th- voice is not at its best. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to blame this on it being the nighttime. I've had a full day of talking. <laughs> Elliot, the nighttime is the right time to be with the one you love. So why am I here <laughs> with you guys? I do love you guys. Genuinely. That was an honest thing. But uh, my voice is ruined because my son is now obsessed with The Muppets. Jim Henson's oh. The Muppets, a great thing to be obsessed with. Oh, Jim Henson's The Muppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not John Woo's The Muppets. <laughs> not, so many doves. Not William Shakespeare's The Muppets mm-hmm. or uh, or Pasolini's The Muppets, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, And he wants me to do the voices all the time, and I do... Let's C, hear them. I would say, yeah, with my yep. voice already. Let's I do, start at the top. I think I do C-plus level Muppet voices, but it turns out... Dr. Teeth sounds like... Dr. Teeth I've been struggling to capture <laughs> because my son loves him. This is the question I get every day from my son. Daddy. Who, daddy. Who, daddy. He, he, oh, daddy. Well, he pronounces he it this way. He goes, yeah, because he's Irish. He always says, daddy. He goes, daddy, who are the guys in the band? What's the name of the guys in the band? Mm-hmm. And so, you're like, well, Emmett Otter. Well, there's that's a different band. That's the Jug Band. Well, what about River Bottom Nightmare Band? No, nope. name that. those He's guys. He's only interested in the Electric Mayhem. Oh, okay. He goes, I say Dr. Teeth, there's Janice, there's Animal, there's Zoot, there's Floyd, and eventually Lips, who plays trumpet. 
He goes, I like Dr. Teeth and Animal. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's great. Daddy, which is the orange guy? Uh, Janice, I guess? What about the red guy? <laughs> that's Animal. What color is Dr. Teeth? I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> These are the questions. Multicolor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you look at him you'd and think, your brain can't process <laughs> you'd it. You'd think I'd look like. at him and memorize the answer because he keeps asking me. He always goes, Daddy, in the Great Muppet Caper, sing the bus song. Because there's a song that Dr. T yeah. and the Electric Man sing the bus, which is called Night, Night, Nightlife, and it has lyrics that are impossible to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's like, give me my friends and give me my music, nightlife. And he wants to <laughs> sing it all the time. It is maybe the least memorable of all the Muppet songs. It's his favorite. Now. But it, the that's all to say that my voice is not at its best because I've been trying to do Muppet voices. Did Joe Raposo do the songs for Great Muppet Caper? I know that Paul Williams did the, for the first. Uh... I don't know. I'll just, okay. I'll just, just uh, yeah. Dan, time to look this up because it's all about the gallows. <laughs> so Stuart, what do we do on this podcast usually? usually? So Elliot, normally what we do is we go onto our streaming video device. <laughs> we, we pick up our clicker. <laughs> Uh, that's what kids use nowadays yeah. to use their stream and video. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pick a movie, usually that one that's right. either a critical or financially unsuccessful movie. Now, today it was just a critically unsuccessful movie. And then what do we talk about? Uh, wait, how much money did this movie make, Elliot? According to Wikipedia, this movie had a $100,000 budget made and made $43 million. Holy fucking shit. That's a lot of money. What are we doing with our time? We should be making that shitty movie. How much do they spend on that? It says $100,000. I opened a bar that cost way more than that. And Why didn't I do this? Are you, have you made $43 million? I actually have made $42 million. So Ooh, I guess I'm... Yeah. So close. Yeah. But with the profit margin factored in, you're doing way worse yeah. than the makers of The Gallows. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, well, uh, I guess I am less successful than The Gallows. So normally we watch a shitty movie. Let's let's yeah. stop the goofs. Enough enough running bits here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's get down Did to we brass tacks. Did October? What's Shocktober, Dan? It's uh, October, but more shocking. Okay, so it's the spookiest month. It's the spookiest now, month. Now, why October? Why is that the spooky month? Uh, because it's almost the election. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and what's goody. scarier than this campaign, am I right? Yeah. I sounded like Kate McKinnon there. Anyway, so, uh... <laughs> I just think a, you're being a little cherishable to yourself. <laughs> look, you should hear my Muppet impressions. They're also <laughs> way off model. Uh, it's me, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm a frog and I'm the So, Dan, here's the thing about October. Why does the whole month have to be spooky when the last day is the spooky day. It's not fair to the rest that of the month holiday creep. that it gets dragged down. <laughs> yeah, holiday that. Creep is the name of my next movie. <laughs> holiday Creep is the guy who hangs all those doll heads around his house and is like, it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. got that song, Holiday Creep. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the, I'm a holiday creep, I'm a holiday creep, and no, I'm no. stoned. Like this, holiday creep. Yeah, holiday creeping on the down low. That's the one. <laughs> All right. TLC. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. TLC? This is somebody. Yeah, it's TLC. TLC, the learning channel. This is mm-hmm. the time of the year where we watch scary movies. Yep. As opposed to the other times of year when we also watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. Or Nicolas Cage. Right? Much less than we used to now that we have a whole month devoted to it. And we had a special three-peat Shocktober yeah. this month. 
Now, so, so recap for us. What I hope we that's watch? enough for you vultures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you vultures. <laughs> yep. Your insatiable thirst for content. Dan, what were the last two movies we watched? We watched what? Victor Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And what was the middle one? And we watched The Lazarus Effect. <laughs> so I was really hoping. Uh, <laughs> that pronunciation sounds right. <laughs> uh, somebody on our Facebook group, whose name I have forgotten, uh, pointed out that. Because <laughs> you're a prima donna superstar. That, yeah, that our past, the past two movies we watched. <laughs> Uh, both deal with the negative side effects of a uh, university shutting down a science project. <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping we were going to go three for three on this one. No, but alas, uh, no hat not trick. really. This it is, does take place in a school, though. It is, this is a, a movie about a school making a poor choice in its drama department. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's very similar. So let's talk about the plot briefly because it's a very brief plot. It's a short movie. It's a tight. Actually, it's a very flabby eighty-two minutes. Yeah. But here we go. We're at a school. Okay. We now, open. Scary already. Smash cut. It's Back in school. America, 21st century. Actually, it's not true. 1993. We open. We open it's 1993. Jurassic Park <gasps> had just come out, now, taking the world by storm. People are- A storm of dinosaurs. That <laughs> They called it the Dino Storm. Uh. And it was prophesied to come return in 60 years. The year is 2053. Okay. And a hurricane of raptors is sweeping down on New York City. <laughs> There's no one who can save them. No one except- the Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow, okay. Not himself, but his character from Commando, John Matrix. <laughs> and he's yeah, yeah. out of retirement. Now, in this reality, John Matrix also became governor of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was weird because he was the first covert black ops CIA-type mercenary yeah. to become a governor of a major state. It happened would, in Rhode Island. And I would think that his uh, past association with his buddy Bennett, who had a penchant for wearing uh, sleeveless chainmail <laughs> Chainmail undershirts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, here's the thing. The same quip ability mm-hmm. that served him so well in Commando, the classic... Don't wake my friend. He's dead tired. Yep. Bennett let off some steam. Yep. It really served him well on the campaign, especially in the debates. Now, I got a question. Mm-hmm. In Commando, was he going Commando? <laughs> I wanted to know this for We years. can only assume because there's no <clears throat> underwear yet made to contain a man of Arnold Schwarzenegger's size. <laughs> yeah. He's an enormous bear of a man because he's half bear. <laughs> he's got an enormous... He's an enormous what? bear penis of a man. Uh, well. So wait, it's it's defended by some guard hairs. Guard hairs. <laughs> yeah, bears have these guard hairs around the base of their genitalia. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's why I don't have sex with bears. Yes. Yeah, so so that if that's you go grabbing the wieners, the guard hairs will poke your hand like a porcupine. Oh wow. <laughs> now are bears is are they is that big a problem for bears that someone's going to try to steal their oh, penis? Oh my god, it was until <laughs> thanks to Charles Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> he evolved a little bit. Yeah, he, they hired him to do it. Yeah, yeah. The, he's down there stiffening their hair using fucking pig fat or something. I, I like to believe he's like an evolutionary detective, and a bear walked into his office. <laughs> Mr. Darwin, uh, yeah, Inspector yeah. Darwin. That bear's bear legs went all the way. That bear's legs went all the way to the salmon stream. <laughs> and the bear it was like, my husband's penis has been stolen. This is a problem for all bears. Well, I can see what I can do, honey. Mrs. Berenstain. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Berenstain walked in wearing her sexiest hair cap and blue house dress. That's another thing my son's really into these days is the Berenstain Bears. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, no Girls Allowed is a personal favorite. That is a good one. I like the spooky old tree. Okay. Oh, I that. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but I like the sounds of it. You it's kind of like, like the Ernest like... Scared Stupid of Berenstain Bears books. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it is that, exactly. <laughs> That's a one-to-one correlation. <laughs> yeah. um, so 
the year is 1993. Mm-hmm. We're watching found footage. because Snap hey, bracelets are sweeping the nation. Would you just let me <laughs> say one damn thing about what happens in this movie? <coughs> you stupid. Okay, the I year is 1993. That, uh, Bill Clinton just summer, entered office. I spent that summer playing soccer with my buddy Misha, <laughs> who had a really cool rat tail. Okay, the year was 1993. Right. Misha's rat tail was sweeping the nation. <laughs> Everyone was catching soccer with Stuart's friend fever. There was no known cure. Thousands died. So the year's 1993. We know that because it's in the corner of this camcorder screen we're looking through. Yeah. It's a high school play, something set in colonial times or perhaps, you know, the the revolutionary era. Yeah. And it's supposed to end with someone either being hung at the gall- hanged at the gallows or escaping it. We don't know because something goes wrong and the student is actually <clears throat> hanged during the play. So mm-hmm. you guys know drama a little bit better than me, right? Like yeah, TNT, not, we know drama. Not as well as TNT, but yeah, sure, uh, The Closer. So the play The Gallows, uh-huh. what's the deal there? Is that a popular play? <laughs> as far as I know, that is not a play that exists. It appears to be a not real play, although it could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's kind of supposed to be like, like a, a Scarlet Letter Crucible mm-hmm. colonial era play. Yeah, colonial Williamsburg. yeah. It's just like that part of Williamsburg and Brooklyn that's all colonial. And I guess what the climax of the play, the climax of the play involves this now. They're like, due to the spell that was cast on this part of Brooklyn, (laughs) only things from the colonial era could exist. Your bicycle is now a horse. It's like that old Wonder Man, Wonder Wonder Man, Wonder Woman (laughs) comic where Wonder Man's a different character. Yeah, yeah, he lived in Hollywood. He was a big star. He was a huge star. Uh, the Wonder Woman comic where she goes back in time with her boyfriend and he tries to shoot a dinosaur and his gun doesn't work. And he's like, oh, that's right. We're millions of years before the gun was invented. (laughs) (laughs) As if that's how things worked. He still had the gun, but it just didn't work. Because gun, the, the, yeah, no, I the way to use You've gun. You've seen Terminator, being... right, dude? You can't bring that back in time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they were all naked, too. But anyway, so uh, it's one of these plays that's set in colonial time. Probably it's a, it's a metaphor for something that was going on in the politics when the play was written. McCarthyism, mm-hmm. the Depression, who knows? Anyway, this kid is killed. Uh-oh, it's a tragedy. 20 years later, same high school. Yeah. <laughs> Not to belittle it, but it was fictional. I don't have sure. to pretend I'm moved by it. Yeah. 20 years later, especially because that kid the, turned My out favorite to be, thing is in this op- in this opening, uh, clearly some parents are supposed to be filming. We, we see the action because parents. some proud parents are filming the thing. And one of the parents whispers to the other parent, Great job on the gallows. And I, I swear somebody was talking to the director. <laughs> you know they weren't because they did not do a great job on the gallows. <laughs> yeah. Um, 20 years later, the school is going to put on the same play. The school has never really escaped the shadow of that event. In fact, they have a exhibit. They have an exhibit case in the hallway about the play and the death. Yeah, I don't understand why any like it's a school, trophy. Like it's a trophy set up. Any, any, I don't understand why any school after a child died. In in the doing of this play, we decide to put on a revival of self same play twenty years later. Unless it was some sort of radical like therapy that some psychologist had prescribed some to the sca- school, some skateboard riding <laughs> therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some there's some like they they brought in a Viennese institutional therapist. It's like ah, clearly we must explore the trauma mm-hmm. and conquer the trauma. Yeah. Put on the play. 
kill another student. <laughs> <laughs> Choose whichever one you want. It will be funny this time because what happens first is tragedy, repeats itself as comedy. <laughs> so I know the listeners at home are probably thinking, Why am I oh, listening to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're thinking, oh great, another kid's going to die and then I'll flash forward 20 years like Elliot said while we were watching. <laughs> yeah, thanks that for, doesn't happen. Thanks for stealing my bit, Stuart. <laughs> I was saying I thought it would be great if they put on the play, another kid dies, Skip ahead to the year 2033. Mm-hmm. Yep. And suddenly, uh oh. Bill and Ted have united the cosmos <laughs> with their <laughs> amazing yeah, music. Wild Stallions <laughs> has brought peace to the galaxy. Uh, but the thing is that destiny cannot be averted. They it's have too to busy put on turning the on the radio. <laughs> yeah. They have to put the play on again. Another kid dies. Flash forward even further. <laughs> Now some tragedy is struck. <laughs> well, at this point, and yeah, the civilization has been destroyed, and the only link they have left is this rite that occurs every twenty years when one of the young people of the tribe is picked and killed, mm-hmm. reenacting the scene. It's become a part of the common myth of this new barbaric era. Yeah, yeah, it's it's to appease the great fiery god in the sky who plunged hot death upon them. Mm-hmm. And yet they need him, but he disappears every night. Mm-hmm. And then for much longer in the winter. Mm-hmm. And then, but in the summer, he's there around too much. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I wish the winter was here. It's so hot. And then when winter comes up, they're like, oh, it's, where's, what's summer happening? It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, and, and that god's name is Sunny D. <laughs> because during the apocalypse Chuck D merged with the sun (laughs) on a spiritual level yeah now except he sounds like Tone Loke because I have a better idea of what Tone Loke's voice sounds like in my head than Chuck D's sure I now I don't know he's always singing Tone Loke's song from Fern Gully yep (laughs) (laughs) and when he disappears uh, yeah welcome to the food chain or whatever it's called Okay. I like how uh, I'm going to eat somebody, something like that. I'm going to eat somebody. <laughs> He's not, it's not an Italian stereotype. <laughs> I'm going to eat somebody. <laughs> Tone Loke, popular Italian rapster? <laughs> uh, Tony Loke, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's uh, it's Anthony to his family. <laughs> Anthony Loke. Mm-hmm. So, it's 20 years later. They're yeah. putting on the play. It's found footage. Now, yeah, that's the thing. Like, lead, I, lead, let me say something about it, the plot of this movie. Have we made it? I just wanted to make sure that we had made it clear that this is a found footage movie. The best kind of horror movie. It's a found footage movie, which is a cheap way to make a movie. And because you don't need good cameras, you don't need to even have your actors on screen for a lot of it. Anytime it needs to be scary, you just turn off the lights and shake the camera around mm-hmm. so you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. If you need to cut between scenes, you just put up some digitizing effects like the camera broke for a little bit and then it comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a movie made in the editing room. Yes. Unlike most movies, mm-hmm. which are made in a deli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Made on a runway at a busy airport at a... Sure. Now you're derailing yourself. Nowadays, Elliot, with the way technology is advancing, you know, I was watching Black Mirror the other day. God, (laughs) he's all about the Black Mirror these days. God in heaven. Uh, So. So they're going to put on the same play. The lead actor in the play used to be on the football team. He doesn't want to be a football player anymore. Now he's the lead actor in the play. He has a crush on the lead actress in the play who's a drama geek, but she's actually just a beautiful girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, His old friend who is still on the football team He's is, the one filming everything. Is the one, he's the T.J. Miller of the group who's always filming everything and mm-hmm. is obnoxious. You yeah, know. he's a voracious cinephile. Yeah, and he <laughs> is, he is yeah. dating a cheerleader, and they decide they're mad that their friend is doing this stupid play. They hate the play. They hate that drama club is required class, so they have to be on the stage crew. There's a whole 
unnecessary red herring subplot where he's bullying the stage manager who's a nerdy kid and then the stage manager pulls a prank on him and he wants to get revenge so and it's not even a good prank and what this no it just that's means what he makes fell me down. so mad is they just trick him to like fall over like, yeah they don't trick him to have his like wiener fall out. Or something. All his wieners with you. <laughs> How was fallout? Like it fell out of his pants onto the ground. He's like, ah, yeah, ah! He's, he's leaning down to grab and he keeps kicking it around in the dirt. That'd be a great prank. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't think that's a great prank. Yeah, it's like when when uh, Vivian's head comes off and young ones, and he's kicking it by accident. Yeah. It's such a great prank <laughs> to have a body part fall off and then he just can't pick it up because he's so clumsy now. Because oh, what, without his penis, he's not balanced properly? <laughs> well, it just goes to show you that uh, football players are all all brawn and no brains, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dan yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Now, here's the thing about this character, and it's something I've said before in my, my controversial statement that objectively... Groucho Marx and the Marx Brothers are not that different from any Adam Sandler character in that they're people who go and bother other people for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> this guy is showing us that— I mean, you're, 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 you're boiling it down to the most basic essence of, like, you might as well be like— It's called First Principles, Dan. <laughs> you might as well be like, I don't know, Humphrey Bogart and Adam Sandler are basically the same person because they're— <laughs> They're light captured on celluloid. That is a straw man argument, Dan. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, it's a strong man argument. <laughs> no, that's... Ooh. It's a strawed man argument. Speaking of straw, rope is made out of it. There's a lot of ropes in this movie. But what this movie shows us is that your Ferris Bueller's, uh-huh. your Styles's from Teen Wolf, these characters are... Asshole. Your Van Wilder's. If you were encountering one of these guys who plays by his own rules and pretends he's super cool... He'd be a total dick. You would hate him. <clears throat> this the, Styles is objectively a dick. This the the character that's always filming everything is like what would happen if a mad scientist took a VHS copy of uh, a bunch of episodes of the Jamie Kennedy experiment and he did Jamie some- Kennedy, the one where he's a can. <laughs> <Jamie> nice. <laughs> Finally. Oh, no, I've become the, the Dan. <laughs> now you are the who's the Dan now, dog? Oh, it should be you're the Dan now. Dog. I don't know. So I was going somewhere with a joke where a mad scientist made a living boy out of Jamie Kennedy experiments VHS tapes because that's basically the and level of like that. What the Jamie Kennedy has. experiment was? The experiment was to make a living Jamie Kennedy. I didn't watch that shit. Maybe. Yeah. And threw a little Malibu's Most Wanted in there. Yeah, why not? Uh, he's a real jackass, but we're supposed to want him to die because it's a horror movie. Uh-huh. He's one of these obnoxious teens we want to get mm-hmm. killed. They, he says, hey, you know what would be a hilarious prank? Let's get our revenge, and I'm going to rope in my friend who's the star of the show. He has a crush on this girl I don't like. Uh, he's not a good actor, so I'm going to tell him, hey, if you go into that play, you're going to embarrass yourself, and that girl, Pfeiffer, that you've got a crush on is going to hate you. So... And nobody wants to be in this play. Your da- I walked in on your dad telling you not to be in the play, to go back to the football team. Let's go to the school in the middle of the night. I found a door that never isn't, was had, the lock doesn't work. Let's break in in the middle of the night and wreck the set. And that way they can never perform the play. Because obviously this guy's never seen uh, Our Town, a play with no set that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He's never seen well, uh, you Dogville, create- a movie without a set. Yeah. But then... Go on. And then you... But no, he just you meant cre- wanted me to be interrupted him again. So uh, his dad, you mentioned his dad. His dad, Rick Hauser. Yeah. Uh, his name, the, this kid's name is Reese Hauser. Uh-huh. Which and, is not a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Hauser, that's a name. Now that's a name. 
Yeah, it's a good red-blooded American movie star name. Yeah. Uh, so his dad doesn't want him to be in this play. His dad also looks like he's like five years older than him. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the kids in this movie look a little too old to be high school kids. That's just the way of actors in movies, too. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, that's something to think about. So, <laughs> um, so for some <laughs> Put reason, that in the thought bank. Yeah. So for no, some reason, like, he's convinced to do. It's the thinnest level of. Uh, yeah. Well, this is reasoning. one of not many the things. Bulb in the haunted school. This is one okay. of many things that don't make sense. Manny, the kid from Modern Family. <laughs> in this movie, uh, which is that uh, I don't understand how the guy is convinced to do this. Like he's in love with this girl who is his co-star in the. Play that just made me th- so. But he's if- convinced to go destroy <laughs> the set, as if that is going to somehow because like, he's not- worried that he if he is in the play and is bad, she's not going to like him. But if they destroy the set and no one knows who did it, he can be like, "Hey, baby, yeah, this is terrible. I want to be in the play with you. Hey, maybe you know what? Let me console you with my hand on your arm. Now we're kissing. Now I'm inside you. That's his plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is a stupider plan than Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> Uh, wow, that was—is that how you—is that how you judge all Take plans? That. Is that your yardstick? Take that, Cyrano. Let me rate this on the Cyrano scale. I give it three noses. Yeah. Very improbable. So wait a minute, Manny and Modern Family—that's short for uh, Manuel, maybe. Uh, possibly, yeah. So or Batman. Would that mean Manny faces Batman. and He Man is, is Manuel? Manuel Eduardo Facet Faces. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's true. Yeah. And Man at Arms was Manuel at uh, Atonio. Or Emmanuel. Ato- Emmanuel, yeah, Emmanuel he was Emmanuel in space, in space at, at arms. arms. I, I think it's Emmanuel and Attorney, actually. That's the seventh movie. Oh, yeah. Atur- it's where he meant. Don't worry. Don't, about do not start giving people on. Uh, Where's what's Black that? Emmanuel? What's that? What's that? <laughs> I don't, don't know. Don't start giving Part de- of the She universe? Don't maybe? start giving deviant art people new ideas for crossover mashup cartoon yeah. porn they can do. So they break into the school. Mm-hmm. They start wrecking up the set in the dumbest way possible. They're literally just knocking stuff over. They're like, take this, and they knock over a tree in a pot, and it's like, okay, that's the easiest thing in the world to pick up and clean. Yeah. Uh, but they run into the girl Yeah, Pfeiffer. it's not like the the sets are the, like they're breaking something that's irreplaceable. Like they're just, one guy's just kicking over little bushes. Yeah. I mean, it's barely a set in the first place. The gallows is the prime set piece. Well, and they start dismantling that, but they don't get too far because they pull the rope down, they're like, "Fuck you, rope." Yeah. <laughs> Little <laughs> did they know. I I you, not one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> films. <laughs> uh, sure, it's underrated. <laughs> yeah, it's underrated, but it's not as good as the other ones. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. Experimenting with the form. I mean, Jimmy Stewart is great, but he seems kind of miscast in it. <laughs> <laughs> its use of color is very subtle. And the effects they used for the backdrop for the sky through the window are impressive when you know their effects. But come on, Hitch. Yeah. Just because Robin Wood realized he was gay while watching this movie as a child <laughs> doesn't mean I'm going to get anything out of it. Just because it's a an interesting reimagination of the Leopold and Loeb case doesn't mean that... You know, we should think of it as the top-tier Hitchcock. Your reading of Nietzschean philosophy is a little shallow, Hitch. Mm-hmm. So get take your fucking shine <laughs> take box. That. <laughs> take that rope. <laughs> a movie that I like very much. <laughs> yeah, guys, I don't know if you can tell, but my uh, my well of rope references <laughs> is pretty pretty shallow. That's fine. That's okay. You could say something about how it's made to look like it's all one take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the found footage of its day. Even though there are a few visible cuts in it. 
we're still talking about the movie and not the item. That was the name of that that uh, that famous pool player, Visible Cuts. <laughs> <laughs> just had a bunch of paper cuts all over. Yeah, it made it that much more difficult to hold a pool cue because his hands were yeah, all yeah, cut up. Dick Tracy was always hassling him. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a villain. I'm gonna arrest you. I'm just a handicapped man. <laughs> That'd be such a funny sketch if Dick Tracy is just arresting handicapped people. Uh, no legs, huh? Come in here. No, I'm paralyzed. I'm not a criminal. All you mutants and freaks. You're not gonna lock you up. No, we're just handicapped. Why are you so able as Dick Tracy? <laughs> Uh, ah, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> I was about to have him go after someone he started calling Blackface, who was just a black guy. <laughs> and I was like, now Dick Tracy is meant to be the racist there. Am I being racist by doing by positing that scenario? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to take you in, Mr. Vagina. I'm just a woman. <laughs> I'm not a man with some kind of vaginal thing. I'm a, ma- I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, tell it sure. to the judge. Yeah. Sure, no penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst enemy, no penis. <laughs> That's what happened when, when the guy's penis fell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, It fell off right through a wormhole. <laughs> he just, he and John <laughs> Reese Davies did some sliding. <laughs> <laughs> and when it hit someone on the head like the gods must be crazy in another dimension that didn't have penises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all fits together. What? <laughs> When I was a kid, I remember watching Gods Must Be Crazy and so wondering what times. the deal was going on. It was What's on going on? So many times. And it's like, that's one of those movies where there was a cultural moment where the Gods Must Be Crazy was not only acceptable, but people loved it. <laughs> and even as a kid, I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> you know, it was whimsical. I think that was what. Sure, yeah. Whimsical enough to spawn a sequel? Did yeah. two got, Coke bottles fall out of the sky? A, I think, think the gods woman, stopped right? being crazy, Stuart? Of course they did. <laughs> Once you've posited the gods must be crazy, <laughs> not that they may be crazy, they must be crazy for such a thing to happen. What is interesting is that it's not like they were like, the Holocaust. Who would allow such a thing? The gods must be crazy. <laughs> it was, oh, Coke bottle falls out of the sky, huh? Gods must be, he must be mad. Crom is testing us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> some, some, some Shoggoth monster from beyond space is playing games with time and metaphysics, and we are but ants beneath his feet. Coke bottles fallen from the sky. <laughs> anyway, so they, they sneak in. Yeah. Let's, I'm going to give it the, I can't even remember the events of the, of the movie in order. They get start being picked off one by one by a ghost. They're moving yeah. around. They bump into Pfeiffer, the star of the play, who had seen uh, Reese Hauser's car parked in the parking lot, and she's like, "What are you doing? Somebody's These are gonna all catch real you." Names. Yeah. And Reese Hauser's like, "Uh, uh, we're just practicing because he did, doesn't want her to find out that they were just there to bust up the set." Yeah. They go to the door that's always unlocked, but it's locked. They're locked in. Yeah. And it's a, a ghost, ghost with a power. That of was the moment doors. when Dan said, "Okay, it's impossible to get locked into a school." Dan was so <laughs> mad about this not being how a school, the architecture of a school building works. You don't get locked inside. There's a ghost. And yeah, there's a thing the called a ghost. To be able to get there's out. a ghost. I have attended I more than one school lock-in. I gotta say. And as Stuart said, what but about you weren't a actually locked in? That would be a but, horrible like, <laughs> fire hazard. But, but <laughs> they didn't chain the doors shut. I did, but I love that you're like, mm, 
uh, those doors are designed to be open from the inside. <laughs> ghost. Done. Trumped. Yeah, but I... Checkmate. Ghost. I'm more willing to accept the scariness of a ghost if, like, the rest of the world, like... Plays by the rules. I don't know. The ghost doesn't play by the rules, yeah, the, Dan. The ghost, <laughs> the ghost is plays by its own set of rules. <laughs> the ghost is like, I'm not can. here to make friends. I'm here to win. Yeah. yeah. Do you need the ghost to be like, oh, well, actually, I can only keep one set of doors shut at a time. <laughs> if they were to split up and each try a different door, I would Maybe. be easily foiled. Look, I know that I'm a spirit from beyond another plane of existence who can materialize, teleport, telekinesis, I can make ropes appear in the middle of nowhere, I have the strength of a thousand men in that I can just tear people apart limb from limb if I want, mm-hmm. but the engineers who designed these doors have outwitted me yet again. <laughs> I am powerless before this anti-locking from the inside method. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, but Ghost, could you help me open up this prescription bottle of pills? <laughs> uh, once again... Let me tell you what I can do. I can materialize as a loved one you never even told anyone oh, that you wow. loved. Oh, wow, okay. I can read your thoughts. I can enter your dreams. I can, I take can the- show up as a fucking Slimer and eat all your dogs. <laughs> I can eat, even though I'm non-corporeal, I can just gobble down <laughs> hot dogs like nobody's business. Alas, the child-proofing on that medicine bottle is beyond the abilities of one such as I who has passed, passed the veil and is now a different order of being. Yeah. So Dan, uh, how do you so how do you feel now? Do you feel like I you've feel been shamed? Do you feel like you've been served? Yeah. I yeah, I got served. <laughs> you got served. You, you served. stepped up to the streets <laughs> with me. Mm-hmm. With a ghost. Yeah. Uh, and now I've been electric boogalooed. <laughs> these kids they find a TV in a back room that is playing a local news story about the death of Charlie, the mm-hmm. actor who played who was killed in the original play. It turns out he was gonna play the hangman. He was so excited he made his own costume. But the day of the play, the lead actor called in sick, and so he had to take that part and was accidentally killed. And ever since then, it turns out, blah, 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 his ghost is haunting the place. Yep. He's killing them all. He's giving rope burns to their necks, blah, blah, the blah, lead, blah, But the lead actor that he replaced is the dad of Reese, what's his Is name? August Hauser. The dad yeah. of Reese Hauser, <laughs> and so he wants to get revenge that way. How did he not know about this beforehand? That, that seems his dad was involved in this. Yeah. Yeah, both maybe when he decided to be in this cursed play or, or when he looked at the fucking photo that's on display or maybe the, that's been yeah. on display the trophy for 20 cabinet years of the, that has his dad in the picture in the costume. Yeah. And uh well the one thing that I like What liked, about all those late nights where his dad would stay up drinking and he'd be like, "Dad, what's it like to inadvertently kill a man?" <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't do it, but it was because you weren't it's there that your he actions. died in your place. You final destinationed him. Mm-hmm. Or you the you ringooed him. He died mm-hmm. in your place. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, go into join the football team. Rah rah, I don't know. Yeah, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, rah rah rah. Yeah. <laughs> uh they're picked off one by one. First annoying guy, then annoying guy's girlfriend. There's yep. one really I think there's one good scene. That's a great scene. Which is when the the girl the cheerleader girlfriend is killed. It's shot better than anything else in the movie. It's staged better than anything else in the movie. It's genuinely more tense and scarier than anything else in the movie. If you can go, if you Google the gallows cheerleader death scene, if that's you up there, you can probably online, find that. Yeah, just watch that. It's the sort of thing where, yeah, like, and it's shocking they didn't cut this and use this as the opening of the movie, and then make a better movie after it. Yeah, I mean, even if they just edited, it. yeah, if they just edited it differently, it would have been a better thing. 
Yeah. It's not amazing. It just stands out in, in contrast <laughs> yeah, to the rest context, of the Yeah, out of context, it might not hit the same way because it's, it's like, uh, I'm floating in sewage. Ew, gross. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is just a pool of somebody's urine, and it's a little warmer, and I feel, yep. like, more comfortable <laughs> in it. Oh, I'm back in the cold, cold sewage. Ew, gross. Or, like, uh, I'm just swallowing. The cold, the coldness of the sewage is <laughs> yeah. what bothers you. A little bit. <laughs> or, like, here's the, or what about this? Like, oh, I've got to eat all this poop. I'm eating, I have to eat all this poop. Oh, okay, KFC. This is a nice... This is a nice break from the poop. Where it's like normally I would not want to eat that, but you know, after nothing but poop, if I'm a human centipede and I get the day off, sure I'll go to KFC. This episode of yeah. the Flophouse is sponsored by KFC. <laughs> oh oh my man, dear. rough. Kentucky Fried Charlie, because Charlie is the name of the ghost, and that means I got to tell Dan and Stuart that they were being chased by Charlie's angel. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Charlie is taking. He starts taking the form of. A- at any point, were they like? Stop chasing us, Chucky. He's like, oh, actually, you can't say that, dude. That's intellectual property theft. There's a Charlie take, starts taking the form as a, of a hangman and is chasing them. And this school is so full of hidden rooms and secret passageways and labyrinths. And mm-hmm. like this school. It's- this could spawn easily four or five books in a, a YA series <laughs> it's called this- The Mystery of the Labyrinth School. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like it's like the Winchester Mystery House of Schools. Yeah. It's just just doors that go nowhere, staircases into walls. There's and they finally get to the attic and they find their dead friends there. There's one moment where they're walking through the attic and I really wanted and you know that Charlie the hangman is gonna come towards them. Yeah. And I was really hoping hope hoping. I was really the hoping <laughs> and that Shama loves the yeah. hoping, which is when it turns out Barack Obama's killing people, I guess. I'm which so he glad is with drones. The one time Elliot fucks something up, he just makes fun of himself before we have yeah. a chance to get <laughs> yep, it's called it. uh, it's called a <clears throat> preemptive strike. Yeah. Have you ever seen that scene in Roxanne? Because that's what I just it's called uh, it's called a young nerd's defense mechanism, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Y- Elliot, y- how was high school for you? Oh, damn. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Uh, was it all the hangman ghosts? To be to honest, orchestra. it was more, though, because of being trapped inside my own head uh-huh. than mm-hmm. thing. I was not. Like identity. Like I was bullied by other kids, but the bullying was not. It wasn't so constant. It was really more just being inside my own unhappy head that was bad about it. So that mm-hmm. got real. But anyway, what I really wanted was the, for them to be in the attic and Charlie to come charging f- towards them and then run past and be like, there's a much scarier ghost behind me. We got to get out of here, kids. Like, sorry for killing your friends, but... Uh, uh but feats don't fail me now. Uh, they get killed in stupid ways. Should we there's just, a, there is a, uh, there's a shot s- that I really liked where they're making their way through the duct work in the attic space of the school and they turn the camera away, and then they turn back, and there's just, like, ropes strewn <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, don't, don't keep going, I don't think. And I <laughs> and I agree, with, I agree with where you were going, Elliot, that we should mostly just skip to the end. But I do want to not pass over the fact that basically the villain in this movie is a noose. Like, we're supposed to just yeah. be, like, scared of, like, a noose coming out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that news coming out of nowhere and strangling you I mean, is scary. Let me. I'm going to talk about but, the "Are you afraid of the dark?" Uh, postulate, which is what my yeah, that brother you, you brought up before. Which I brought up before when we were watching "Are You Afraid of the Dark" on SNCC, which is this show's not scary. But to be fair, if we were in that situation. We would be scared. Uh-huh. So if I was sure. locked in a dark school and there were nooses have fallen everywhere, I'd be scared. Yeah. But to watch it in a film is not particularly scary. It's not scary. a visually dynamic villain, a no, noose. No, it's an inanimate rope. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's weird that and it would be worse if the rope was moving around like a snake (laughs) i mean i feel like it's weird that the the in a way it's nice that all the victims are white kids because nooses have such but it it has such a terrible mr woke over here but i'm just saying that like (laughs) woku Woku, the monster from beyond space what is it woku the uh which the body snatcher okay the body snatcher body snatcher from hell that's a body snatcher from hell that's a fun movie yeah it just feels like it just feels like if anybody if they had any people of color in the movie it would have been much less taste like (laughs) even less tasteful to have nooses everywhere yeah exactly it's such a like a horrible image (laughs) that's true i'll give you that you know what your comment made sense to me that's what i'm saying it was it'd be like if there was i don't know um i don't even don't even do it the uh (laughs) We all know what you're saying. We totally get it. No need for a parallel. No, but wait, you got <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it's like if they were all Armenians and the so <laughs> the uh, so we get to the ending. It's just the I was gonna say everyone's been killed, but Reese and Pfeiffer. But there's only four characters. Yeah, Reese and Pfeiffer are on the stage, and they realize, oh, my my dad was supposed to be the actor, and so he wants revenge on me. <clears throat> and they reenact the end scene of the play, whose lines of dialogue. That also respond to this situation. Yeah. And they only get to that point because Reese has realized he could have escaped, but he oh, thinks right. Pfeiffer might be in trouble. He yeah. runs out. So the, he returns. The he has unlocked. his hero moment. He's willing he to sacrifice out. himself for the girl. He would get, if this was a D&D game, he would get at least one inspiration point. He doesn't use it, but he gets it. No, yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Yeah, fair inspiration point. And he comes back in. He goes, no, the ghost wants me. I have to do it. He walks up to the gallow. And now there's a... There's a shot from the rear. Hey, oh, there's a shot from behind oh them, and I don't remember which I mean, camera that is. It, there's a certain point where I could not remember. There's a, the video camera that Styles is always carrying around, or whatever that yep. character's name is. And there's the cell phone that is also recording. And there's a certain point where I lost track of which of these mechanisms we were looking through and where they were located. Yeah, because yeah. you're so immersed in the film. Yeah, and confused by the geography of it and did not wanting to pay attention because it was so dull. But... You know what? Not not dull is the wrong word, but confusing and hectic in yeah. an unentertaining mm-hmm. way. You mean, are you saying that just a shot of the floor with people's feet is dull? Because that's crazy. Hey, some guys like that. I'm not one of them. <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge them. But there's there's a we see like the image is flickering on a, a little bit, like it's this ghost is messing with the digital yeah. image, and the ghost is kind of flickering in and out, and he hangs. Uh, Reese and then the girl starts bowing to an unseen audience and we see that the ghost is bowing with her and someone starts clapping in the audience and it is the grown-up girlfriend of Charlie who was killed. We were introduced way early in the movie and as soon as she's introduced I'm like that's the bad guy. Now, when she's were the we baddie. Introduced to her? Like I don't even remember that part. Cuz when they were filming the rehearsals she was sitting in the back of the theater and they're like she comes to all of these. She's uh, so weird and they briefly interview her and she's like yeah, I was Charlie's girlfriend or something. Oh, right. I totally yeah. forgot. And she appears. She looks a little crazy, but still like, I don't know, More like, like trauma- in a small town, There's always single one. lady, you know, you got to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. But, <laughs> yeah, but it, I'm sure it, it's I mean, she doesn't look like way. a monster. I mean, you know, she likes theater. Okay. <laughs> Not sure. She's got a lot to offer. You know, one of those small town ladies who likes theater and has a lot to offer. Trying to set her up with one of our listeners? Yeah. She's a fictional character who turns out to be crazy and in league with a ghost. 
Dan. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, let's, spoiler alert. I just said it. Well, let's She's get to the, so then the real like crazy twist then ending. Then there's the real twist, which is you cut to <clears throat> the police are entering a house. Cops are doing a bad boy style raid on what this house. What you gonna do when they come for- They walk around, the house is totally dark, and they're like, uh, whatever. And they enter, until they enter a room where- it's an evidence dungeon. Stuart called it while we were watching it. Yep. Total evidence dungeon. There's little models of evidence dungeon, with dolls. Fucking trademark Stuart Wellington. He rules. Dot <laughs> co or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Slash dot edu. Biz. Yeah. Dot biz. Dot biz. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a business. It's called the flop house. <laughs> <laughs> Technically a business. And uh, they go. There's a TV that's playing the the. I guess the footage of Charlie. What is the footage of Charlie dying or of Reese dying? I don't. Care. I don't remember. But then they go, "Oh, they're here. Suspects are here." And you pan yeah, over because it pans over and you see the two of them sitting there in the dark. Well, the girl, all, the first grown you see up a bunch of photos of them together. Yeah, you see a bunch of photos of the grown up girlfriend and Pfeiffer. Oh, is she her mother? Yeah, no shit, dude. You see That's them, crazy. You see them sitting on the bed watching this video, and the gr- grown-up girlfriend is just brushing Pfeiffer's hair as a mother brushes a daughter's hair. Very in one of those like. Happy, crazy, psychotic people, catatonic trances you see in movies. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're just blissed out that they finally achieved their vengeance, and they're having a mother daughter moment that's actually kind of beautiful. And it reminds me of the kind of intimacy that mothers and daughters can continue yeah. to have, even as they get older. That fathers and sons, by the laws of masculine, you know, interaction, okay. are not allowed to have in our culture. It reminds now, me of I, if, my friend Porter. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I, if my wife saw her mom lying in bed, not feeling well, and mm-hmm. said, hey, mom, do you need you need some support, and crawled in with her and hugged her, we'd be like, yeah, that's fine. If my dad was sick in bed and I crawled in with him and hugged him, it would be weird. <laughs> that's a good point, but maybe not one for this movie. Uh, I mean, that's, it's valid, whatever. <laughs> so when I was watching the this point. movie, I remembered when my friend Porter uh, had a girlfriend in college, and we made jokes about oh, it. Oh, from because the Porter she was, House. Because Porter House, uh, his girlfriend was much younger than him. Uh, but he, you know, he like had this moment of honesty with me what one time age? where he, cause we were in college. Yeah. So she oh, was she in was high seven. school. All right. And, uh, he had this moment of, uh, you know, bald faced honesty where he was bald faced. Yeah. That's right. Bald faced. No, no, that was right. I just face thought, it. I want to say it like that. You said it antiquated. I, I liked s- it. <laughs> say it however I want. Uh, and he, he explained that. He really liked reading Lord of the Rings to her, and after lovemaking, he would sit on the edge of the bed and she would brush his hair. Oh, <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, that's fine. I find you know, that disquieting and adorable. Look, whatever they're gonna do, it's an intimate moment. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's, the creepy thing is that while she was brushing, she would sing, "Hush, little baby, don't say." Yeah, yeah, a and word. she'd braid bells into his hair for all <laughs> yeah. the enemies he slayed. around the road. <laughs> We're getting away. <laughs> From how crazy this twist is. I want to be where the people are, like, but creepy. Like, let's go back so, to the twist. Uh, so, the like, twist our, is that, our, so the twist is that the implication is that the ex-girlfriend of Charlie, the Charlie's girlfriend until he died, has, has mm-hmm. a daughter. The uh-huh. two of them worked, plotted and worked together <laughs> with a ghost. And it's implied, is she Charlie's daughter? Because that would make her 20 years old. Why is she in high school? Is she That's undercover just for this revenge all. plot? And the police are like, the suspects are here. We got them. And then nooses come <laughs> out and start attacking them. And then Charlie the Hangman is there, and he gets his face all up in the camera. The end. Smash cut the gallows in big letters. Yep. So At this point, Stuart is jumping around the room. <laughs> he was like, oh. 
So the plan, it's, the plan was the plan of the daughter was like, all right, I'm gonna somehow convince the school to do a revival of this murderous play. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Step and one. For some reason, somehow, I'm gonna get the the guy who who we wanted, whose father we want revenge on, to be my leading man. Step two. It's all falling get into place. Get him to quit the football team. Get him to quit the, quit the football team, and then his. Friend will inevitably convince him to sneak in. <laughs> Only the possible solution. They ran the algorithm. That's what came up. <laughs> Nate yep. Silver looked it up. That much what he predicted. And then she can show up, and we can reenact this uh, this gallows. I know. Killing. Again, you're probably with the thinking help is of that, a ghost. Yeah, you're probably thinking. Wait, if she's related to Charlie, she must also be related to Rube Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> For <laughs> the way that these dominoes are falling into place. That's, yeah. So here's what we do. We light a match. The match <laughs> irritates a cat whose tail hits a lever. The lever gives the idea to the friend to go and break up the set. Uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. So, And also that their end game of their plot was we're going to kill two cops and then I guess what, go on the run? Just become <laughs> a house where police show up and get murdered? <laughs> like, Send more cops. They, what they're basically doing is the way I used to play Grand Theft Auto where I would get tired of the mission, ho- find a small location that I could hole up in and then just shoot people from there and see how many cop cars came after me and how sure. big an explosion I could make. Uh-huh. That's what they're doing but with a ghost <laughs> who hangs people. Yep. Uh, it is a very non. It feels like a twist that was tacked on because they felt like there wasn't enough of a twist. I think the real terrifying thing is the fact that here we see a teenage daughter getting along with her parents. <laughs> is that the only way that a teenager can get along with their parents? Is for them to be totally crazy murderers? Yeah, that's it's a shocking indictment of America's family system. Think about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Spend more time with your kids, less time on your mm. screens. <laughs> Hashtag unless it's playing the flop house, playing the flop, like the flop house video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like? like a fruit ninja style game where you, you're sl- <laughs> slapping wieners on the screen. <laughs> Why is it all wieners? <laughs> oh, I, I figured it was either be like a side scroller or or like a Sam and Max style point and click. Yeah, strategy game. Where it's like, oh, I'll I'll put this I'll put this ding dong on the freak, <laughs> and he'll let me through the castle door. Mm-hmm, but you, uh, there's a mini game where you have to adjust the ding dong to the exact thing, and your phone vibrates as you get closer and closer. <laughs> it's like use submarine sandwich on guy's throat. Oh, so it's like uh, like a text based adventure. Uh, sometimes, yeah, okay. yeah. So we should get to uh, final judgments on this movie. Final, good, great judgments. Whether this never movie- better. Is this movie totally scarifying? <laughs> is it totally snorifying? Or is it frighteningly funny? Yeah, yes, yes. What was yours? What? What's yours? My judgment on this movie? Yeah. Uh, it's totally snorifying. I mean, it's not snorifying in the sense of like... You didn't um, f- fall asleep, which you've done I before. <laughs> I was not literally... <laughs> Snoring because other movies movie. have passed that and test. I'm very tired. I heard that at your movie night on Friday during the Howling Part Two, you totally fell asleep. I legitimately fell asleep. Was I that because guests. I had guests <laughs> in my home? Yeah. Was that? Yep. You're like, I guess they'll just rob me. Yeah. They were howling with shock at how rude you were as a host. I mean, they stayed and they watched the Howling Two. <laughs> yeah, because they're all they were all amped up because you showed them. <laughs> 
they showed he showed them Hellbound Hellraiser two beforehand, mm-hmm. which I watched recently and is the wettest ass movie I've ever fucking seen, yeah. dude. Okay, I don't it looks know like every scene people showed up on on set and Clyde Barker's like, mm, get this get the spray bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from England. Get some glycerin. Hello, spray them down. Mm, not shiny enough. Uh, chim chim cherry. There's a, <laughs> such a thin line between pleasure and pain, don't you know, Mary Bottoms? But it, for a movie that has so much like. Uh, like um, almost almost like an Alice in Wonderland quality of traveling through that map paintings. We're not talking about. We're no longer talking about the gallows. But for a movie, for a movie that's, that's like that feels kind of transportive and also like dreamlike, it's so viscerally wet oh, and Hellraiser gross. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. Okay, so the gallows, though. Oh yeah, no, it's terrible. It um, <laughs> it has all the qualities of like a super shitty uh, found footage horror movie that was banged out. Um, there's almost no other than literally one scene that we said was okay. Mm-hmm. There's almost nothing of any kind of redeeming redeeming value. I would call it a very a like it's not it wasn't snorifyingly. Like sleepy <clears throat> dull, but it was not good, and like uh, yeah, it's just it I just, just don't it understand felt like a why my numbers of uh, footage movie. Don't understand why in a, like I guess I guess if you're like I've seen Blair Witch a million times, but I want something that vaguely reminds me of the Blair Witch Project. Let's just watch that. If you want, so, I mean, if you like, if you want something funny, the very end of this movie is kind of funny. Yeah, the last to, like two minutes are pretty funny. You have to go mm-hmm. through the entire rest of the movie to get the full. It effect is a real of, shaggy ghost story. <laughs> well, and for a movie that is like, there's almost no scares in the first like forty minutes of this movie. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of setup, but not entertaining setup. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's no. It made reminded me of like it does poorly what Carrie does so well, where Carrie for most of its runtime is just high school. There's very little like supernatural stuff. Yeah, but it's re, but it's entertaining high school stuff, mm-hmm. and the high characters are strongly drawn. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and I mean you mentioned House of the Devil, which is a movie that's amazing, and for a large chunk of it, nothing happened. There's li- like that's the this movie was doing. In theory, the same thing that House of the Devil is doing, which is you're in a big dark building. Lots of shots of feet. And you're just walking around, lots of shots of feet. But House of the Devil is so scary, and this is so not scary. So snorifying. So run, don't walk to the gallows. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius. As well as our failures. Just like, we're going to have hot dogs. And I'm like, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. And he just like smashes that thing right on my chest. And then I'm just Uh, crying in the middle of like kid space while people are like literally dancing with their children. Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Uh, Tonight, the Flophouse is sponsored in part... By Zip Recruiter. Ching ching. <laughs> Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? No. So where do I do that? Well, look, posting your job in one place, Elliot, not enough to find the right candidate for your job. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a post in the middle of town in Town Square, and you're like, <laughs> I need some adventurers to clear out all the goblins from my basement. 
Yeah. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't basement. that doesn't cut the mustard. No, it doesn't. He collects goblins and needs to move them because he's selling the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clear them out. <laughs> if you want to find the perfect employee, you need to post your job on all of the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter.com, which lets you post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. You can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter. No uh, juggling emails, no calls directly to your office. Just screen candidates, rate them, find the right person fast. And uh, right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. For the first house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that, if the Flophouse was ever thinking about hiring an intern, maybe yeah. somebody to open, uh, to go out to the store and go on mm-hmm. beer runs for me, pick up Elliot's Popeyes. Say, open your beers for you. And open my beers. Yeah, I can't be bothered to do that shit. My <laughs> hands are precious. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Doctor Strange. You need them for surgery. Don't, don't fucking spoil that movie. I haven't seen it Dan, yet. Dan, don't pretend you've always been on the Doctor Strange bandwagon. <laughs> Suddenly he's got a big feature film. Oh, I know all about Stephen Strange's hands. Mm-hmm. If I asked you a year ago, hey, Dan, what happened to Doctor Strange's hand? You'd be like, uh, who, what, where, when, why, and how? Linda I, Ellerby. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, uh, what's his face? Who's the artist? What? Doctor Strange. Uh, the fucking go- that movie what, with Steve the dog? Ditko? Yeah, I thought it was Steve Ditko, but I didn't want I didn't want you throwing that in my face like <laughs> I knew you would if I got it wrong. No, I mean lots of artists have drawn Doctor Strange over the years, but Steve Ditko yeah, co-created I just, it. All I would have known is about Steve Doctor Strange's hands is that Steve Ditko loves drawing hands yeah, and weird. The fingers positions. all over the place. <laughs> fingers akimbo. So zip recruiter though. <coughs> yeah. Uh what As, I like if you wanted to get Steve Ditko to do a job on Zip. <laughs> he's around. Hire him. You're just going to have to hear him talk about Ayn Rand for hours and hours on end. Now, here's the thing that I like about this. Yep. In today's world, mm-hmm. everybody is their own brand and their own business. And so you're going to need to hire other people. But it's hard to know how to find those people because while we're almost more connected digitally at the same time, we are less interactive as a community. Oh, man. Okay. Just wow. like Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. So try it out, and I bet you'll find the person that you want. Yeah. Use that code. What was it? ZipRecruiter.com slash first? Slash yep. first. To, uh, you get a free posting? Get a free try. <clears throat> yeah. One free but, zip. Mm-hmm. E the pinhead. Um, <laughs> By Bill Griffith. Is it Griffith? Griffith. Griffith. Comma the, Andy. Show. The Flophouse is also supported in part by Squarespace. Squarespace! Where the... <laughs> 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 whether you need whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Now, look, it's hard to create a website, right? No, wrong. With Squarespace, it's easy. <laughs> it's a simple, intuitive process. You can uh, it's all drag and drop, arranging your content. You can click a mouse and boom, you're done. Uh. Dan, I have a question. Okay. I have an idea for a website, and I want to get it made, and I don't know how to code. I don't know anything about the internet. Could Squarespace help me? Yeah. You know why? Because they've got great templates. So maybe those would work for my for my website. It's called prostatenoir.com. Okay. And okay. it's so like the, all the noir stylings of the 40s, the films we've come to love, 
you know, uh, out of the past, the big sleep, all that stuff, applied to the modern science and examination of the male prostate, something that is needed ever more than ever with today's <laughs> aging male population. So what I'm trying <laughs> to make, I'm trying to make ever changing <laughs> world in which we live in. It makes you want to give up and try. Yeah. Is that the words? I don't know. Here's Let the thing. Let die. But it's hard to know how to get across that message I'm imagining online. a butt with a cigarette in it. In the butt crack. And a fedora and Venetian blind shadows. You've already yeah, seen the concept. Because you don't want to get rain on your butt crack. And that's the vision that I want to put online. And <laughs> it's cons- like rain. <laughs> On your butt crack. And Dan, is that the kind of vision that Squarespace can help me get across? Because I want people to be able to use this on their phone if they're on the train, at yeah. home on a laptop, maybe an iPad at work, so that they can in so they can learn about their own prostate health this thing, through the visual vocabulary of noir film. This thing scales to whatever you're using it on, a phone, uh, a, a tablet, a laptop. It's got responsive design. It's great. And it's got... 24-7 customer, <clears throat> customer support. And every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. And I should ask, that, oh, that it's not outsourced, it's to, not some, outsourced. To, to Mars or something. Mm, no. Gleep Glorp, let me help you with the problem. <laughs> yeah. Beep you will boop. not hear <laughs> Just one steal, Gleep Glorp. Stealing our jobs, right? Yep, shipping them to Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Rob. I'm in... Omaha, Gleep Glorp. No, you're not. Yeah. You're on Mount Mons Olympus. <laughs> uh, so, and they don't, they don't judge the content of the sites, right? Uh, I don't know anything about that, but uh, probably not. Probably your prostate. I mean, within reason. Yeah. Well, not my prostate. America's prostates. Okay. With noir America's style. America's prostates yeah. on Fox. <laughs> America's got prostates. <laughs> But uh, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com slash flop to get 10% off your first purchase. Nice. Your pronunciation of 10 is coming along nicely. Yeah, it's well, getting it's great. it's been the constant ostracization from you guys. I'll uh, allow it. Yeah. I'll allow that pronunciation. <laughs> pick, up, pick more complicated words, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just start saying some dinosaur names. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, you know what that means. It's time for some Jumbotron. Jumbo. Jumbotron. Jumbotron. That's right, Starscream. It's me, your enemy, Jumbotron. Played by Sean Connery. (laughs) And our first Jumbotron says this. Do you think Shocktober should last all year long? Then you need to listen to the Kill by Kill podcast where friends of the Flophouse, Gina Radcliffe and Patrick Hamilton, I well, added they are part, friends of the Flophouse, discuss the least celebrated component of any horror film, the characters. They unpack all the gory details of every on-screen death in the Friday the 13th franchise, one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. Mine's uh, Popeyes. <laughs> one hack, slash, and decapitation at a time. Because a camper's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes they can make about them. So think Jason, it's Friday. New episodes of Kill by Kill are available fortnightly from iTunes. And follow them on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod. Uh, Kill by Kill Podcast. 
Yeah, I follow those guys on Twitter. And we've got another Jumbotron message from DirtyBirdEnergy.com. Extra Jumbotron. And they want you to visit DirtyBirdEnergy.com to learn more about caffeinated energy soap. Made with coconut oil and sustainably sourced palm oil. Those are two different types of oil. We make sure only the best ingredients are touching your skin. Parabens, sulfates, and phthalates free. Dirty Bird (laughs) Energy Soap is infused with caffeine, peppermint oil, and biodegradable jojoba, parentheses, hobhoba beads. That maybe was the pronunciation. Sure. But I just read it wrong. Hohoba beads. It not only gets you super clean, it wakes you up. Dirty Bird Energy Soap comes in a patent-pending plastic case that snaps shut, making the large 5-ounce bar soap portable, perfect for traveling, camping, or the gym. Try a bar. That soap sounds delicious. I can't wait to eat that soap. (laughs) No, it's for cleaning yourself. We'll have to order some of those soaps and just, you know, try them out. Uh Soap each other up with them. (laughs) Yeah, why are you looking at me weird, Elliot? It's pretty normal, man. I told Dan made the subtext text. I wasn't sure (laughs) if you were actually referring to just taking a shower together or not. The thing is, the idea of bathhouses is common in almost every other culture, (laughs) Elliot. (laughs) That's true. You got me there. How come it hasn't reached America yet? I don't know. I mean, don't Americans like to be clean? It has in that, I guess, the Native American like smokehouse tradition. Sure, I or, guess. You know, steam house, the, those types of things. But mm-hmm. uh, So it's reached the American continent. In fact, it was here before we were. You know, I think you're right, Elliot. We all learned something tonight here, guys. But you're right. There's this n- has been the Flophouse. Thanks, no. everybody. Because the only yeah, thing no. that would make hanging out with you guys this way better is if instead of doing a podcast, we're all naked in a lukewarm tub somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be great, mm-hmm. right? Are you being sarcastic? I can't <laughs> uh, tell. No, not at all. <laughs> Totally. Wait, so are you into it? I can't tell. (laughs) No, no, it'd be real great. I'm a listener at home. I don't have any visual cues. (laughs) I can't see Elliot rolling his eyes. (laughs) But now, the moment you've been waiting for. For the next segment of the show, which is called Letters (laughs) from Listeners. It's everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's favorite segment. And the favorite part of the favorite segment is the song. It'll be a long song, probably. A song so long, possibly, that it just goes on incredibly and on reliably. It's the song part of the letters segment where I sing about the song for the letters segment. You know, I used to sort of just pretend to be annoyed, <laughs> but over time, <laughs> it's crowned me down. <laughs> that was the song about the song. Oh, God this is it. the song that is the song. <laughs> it's the letters time, letters time, letters time for letters. Dan, read us some letters. Okay. Stuart makes some jokes about the letters. <sighs> Letter writers write in the letters. And Elliot sing this song about the letters. We all have our part to play in the play of life. Everyone has a role, drama, and strife. But at the end of the day, we take our bows, fall into the grave, and then somehow we're together again. In heaven again. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) With letters. All right. Man, letters so, is taped before a live studio audience. I'm assuming there are listeners have now stopped like smashing that <laughs> skip 15 seconds button on their iPhones. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. People probably do do that. <laughs> do do. Anyway, 
My husband introduced me to your show. So this is the letter. This is the letter. Dan, I don't you're not. A, this is not your way of explaining to us that out. one, you're gay, and two, you're married. No, I'm not. A, I'm not. Well, not really surprised you're gay, and I'm happy that you feel comfortable coming out. I am offended. I was not invited to your wedding. Yeah, uh, it was very small. It was me and a bunch of mice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were all wearing little inside a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, this is the letter. You guys have got to help me. I fell through a rabbit hole into a magical fantasy land and got married. Instead of a wedding cake, we had one EL fudge cookie. <laughs> Dan, what's with the cough, bro? Have I've you been, been smoking sick. all that weed? I've been sick. Yeah, 420 dudes. <laughs> oh, man. It was the uh. laziest yes ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, the letter, your husband. My husband introduced me to your show. And we've both been big fans for a few years now. Elliot, your letter songs are the high point of every show. Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. And your sliced you. alone impressions are a rare and wonderful delight. Don't Luke, know what you're talking about. Yeah. Dan, you are funnier than the other guys give you credit for. You're totally <laughs> You're totally Let me just uh, let me just give that compliment overhand. <laughs> let me Nope. Let me just lo- love let it. Me, underhand. Let me, is this praise faint enough? Uh let's make it a little fainter. <laughs> Your totally deadpan delivery is the best and makes me LOL for real. <laughs> Stuart, your super hotness combined with your deep knowledge of esoteric Lord of the Rings trivia makes you too dreamy for this world. Okay, I hope <laughs> you're all... But maybe dreamy enough for the Grey Havens. <laughs> hope you're all sufficiently buttered up because I need your help. Uh-oh. I'm a new mom. My daughter Congratulations. Is, yeah. Yeah, my daughter is six months old. And I'm struggling with some postpartum depression. Well, you don't have to show her RoboCop until she's nine. <laughs> I'm like struggling. my dad did with me. I'm struggling with some postpartum depression. Sorry to hear that. And I need some sad movie recommendations. Here's why. I've always been someone who has a hard time really letting go and crying, even when I feel very sad. I'm not sure why. I don't have any trouble feeling sad about sad things. I just have trouble tapping in and getting outwardly emotional about it, even when it might help. So I've often relied on sad movies to get help to help get the waterworks going. For some reason, even when I can't work up any tears about very real sad things in my own life, a really sad movie can get me there. I can understand that. So now that I'm feeling <coughs> some serious baby blues, I should I could use a few recommendations of some sad movies to help me have a good cathartic cry when I need it. Well, don't read the comic strip Baby Blues because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be crying with laughter. What are the saddest movies you can think of? For a while, my number one sad movie was The House of Sand and Fog, which reduced me to a hmm. quivering pile of tears. Then I saw The Wind That Shakes the Barley, and now that might be my top sad movie of all time. That's very sad. Anyway, can you help me cry? Sarah, last name withheld. Well, if you're looking to cry and you're me, you gotta go The Iron Giant. But that's not a sad movie. It just makes me cry. Yeah, I mean, are we just talking about movies that make us cry, Dan, or are we talking about things that are well, sad? Well, that's the thing, because like for me, like really sad movies don't make me cry so much. Like I find that... like. A, mo- a movie that has like some sort of cathartic moment or transcendent moment is what makes me yeah, cry. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, or even just if a movie reaches a height of a particular level of quality, I'll find myself <clears> tearing <throat> up just in like joy at the thing that I'm watching. Just knowing that you'll never I'm gonna stop the same I'm gonna level s- of quality I'm gonna stop in your beat- own life. Yeah. Well, now that's what I'm crying <laughs> about, yeah. I think I'm going to stop beating around the bush, guys, and okay. just start listening to movies that make me cry. Okay. So, sure. Castle Freak. Return of the King. Those end credits, <laughs> I fucking cry. I can't help it, dude. Sure, that's okay. Uh, most movies 
uh, some movies with Tom, let's just say some movies with Tom Hanks, not Bachelor Party. That does not make well, me no, cry. I know Captain Phillips. You Captain Phillips, man, holy down. shit! It's like watching oh, my dad shit. cry. Yeah, uh, that one made me. Yeah, Toy yeah. Story Tom three. Hanks dude. Falls apart. Yeah, Toy Story three. If you feel nothing watching Toy Story three, you are a block of stone. And ironically, you are a toy. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, or this is not a movie, but this gets me every time. <laughs> Just put on the fucking Hamilton soundtrack. And oh, man, the second either, half of that soundtrack. Either wait for it or uh, the one at the end where where Aaron Burr's singing. Like, that shit always gets wait, me. Wait, which one at the end where Aaron the, Burr's singing? You know the one that he, where he's singing after Hamilton's been About shot. About, like, how there was enough room for both of them in the world. Yeah, yeah, World was Wide Enough. That's the name of the song. And then, then there's the other song that his wife sings. <clears throat> For some reason, the Aaron Burr shit gets me worse. I think it's because it reminds oh, me really? of the end of Return of the King, the <laughs> animated movie, <laughs> where Gollum dies because he's such like this sad, tragic oh, figure. Yes, that's true. It's, now, it's quiet uptown, and then like the song that his wife sings about like you know continuing his story, or, like who writes the story. The last, that's, that's the last. That's the end one. Those ones make me right. Yeah. So, but there's also sad movies that aren't tear jerkers. Like maybe the most depressing movie that I can think of that I really like is Cries and Whispers. Okay. Which is a hugely, like, it's a rough experience, but it didn't make me cry. It just kind of, like, left me shaking, like, in the end. I mean, not like, shaking in the same way that Fury Road left me shaking, where I could yeah, not stand up for a couple minutes after you were, I watched it. you were it. shaking to towel all the jism off your body. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, after like, that oh, I'm all over, shiny and chrome. <laughs> it was, oh, gross. It's like, I, I was, like, I could, every molecule in my body was vibrating at a yeah. different level than usual but uh <laughs> like trying to think what's <laughs> yeah that a sphere uh, impaled my head another one is another one is uh uh grave of the fireflies animated movie from japan sure. it's also a very sad movie and also may make also you cry like, depending on how you handle child death uh is it a problem if there are subtitles or not because like i recommended peter panchali a while ago on on the on this podcast and like that has it ends in a very sad way, and like the life of Oharu is a very sad movie. Sancho the bailiff is a, is a you know like Ugetsu is not super sad, but it ends in a in a way that makes me cry. Like there's those you know there's a, there's this period of like Japanese movies where they're not tearjerker movies, but that end up. In, the, in a very heavily emotional way, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I guess every country, I don't know why I'm singling out Japanese movies. Every country has movies that makes people cry, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I have a hard time, like, if, if you're just looking for sad movies, I don't necessarily, like, know ones that make me cry. Because, like, sadness in and of itself isn't what makes me cry, I mean, like I said. If you're watching League of Their Own, the scene where Betty Spaghetti learns their, <laughs> their husband has died, <laughs> that's going to make you cry, probably. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but I've said before that like pretty much every Wes Anderson movie has a moment of like uh, like catharsis that makes me cry. Like there's stuff like the very end. Uh, Even the Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, not that one. Okay, yeah, not his best movie. The very, the very end uh, monologue in Raising Arizona always makes me cry. Sure, that makes me cry for sure. Yeah, I don't know why because it's inherently. Pretty silly, but it's, but it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's it's heartfelt. And it's and it's some. It is a silly character who is laying bare his soul yeah. and his hopes at that moment. Mm-hmm. So just hopefully put on some of the, those. Are, I feel like YouTube. I feel like we. These are a lot of very like guy heavy versions of sad movies. Right. A number of them involve uh, crying at like 
dudes learning things or robots or toys <laughs> or, or epic quests sure. having come to an end. Those are the Shakespeare said that those were the key plots, right? Yeah, dudes yeah, exactly. learning things or robots or toys. So, I mean, like, so, it's, I, I feel like I don't, not knowing this person well, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer it, probably because, like, what something that made me cry a lot was there was a book I read about Grant and Sherman's friendship. And it ended with a long description of the veterans of the Civil War going on their last parade past the a reviewing stand and like these men having been through this experience and now it was all over. Like that made that made choked me up, but like I don't know if that's something that another person would react to. You don't know what it, you're gonna if you're gonna react to the same thing someone else will. So these are hopefully We're admitting it, that we're coming from a very specific perspective. Yes. But hopefully some of these will help you find what you're looking for. Uh, this next letter. Because I still haven't found. Oh, it's like a fucking angel over what, here. What you're looking for. <laughs> Spider-Man, turn off the dark. <laughs> this next letter goes, hey guys, in episode 150, Grudge Match, you casually asked what Amy Irving is up to. <laughs> <laughs> I had well, some... she's me, signed Amy, last name withheld. <laughs> I had some spare time while re-listening to the episode this past weekend, so here's a list of recent credits. Dan, you're right. She was on Alias. <laughs> Movies. Traffic, 2000. 13 Conversations About One Thing, 2001. Was that Tuck the traffic? Was that, wait, was that Steven Soderbergh's yeah. traffic? Was it, who was she in that? 2002. Hide and Seek, 2005. Adam, 2009. <laughs> Here's some recent credits. Seven years ago, 14 years ago, 16 years ago. <laughs> TV. Reoccurring roles in Alias and Zero Hour. Guest roles in House and The Good Wife. 2015, The Good Wife. That's the most recent one. Okay. okay. To make this play <laughs> Josh Charles murderer. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> to make this less of an insane response to an offhand question by someone who needs more hobbies, I'll attach a question. <laughs> I'll pretend I have a question. Uh, was Amy Irving related to Washington Irving? Uh, look it up. <laughs> Which actor do you wish got more work these days? Is it Amy Irving? Is it Val Kilmer? <laughs> I'm really interested in favorites of yours that have fallen off the radar in the last decade or so. R-O-C-K in the USA, OPs. John, last name withheld. So, are there any favorites of ours that we wish got more work these days? I mean, there's a lot of older actors that don't work that I want to see in movies, but they're just they're they retired. like retired, like yeah. Gene Hackman, for instance. Yeah, Gene Hackman, or like you don't Shannon see Tweed. you don't see like Harry Dean Stanton in movies very much, but like he's very elderly now. Shannon <laughs> Tweed, <laughs> but like uh, you know, the list longtime listeners know I'm a big fan of Carla Gugino, and I wish that she was a bigger. Oh, but she's uh, she's got something coming up. Well, she was just in like what San Andreas or whatever it was. She was on that terrible Cameron Crowe show, Roadies. Oh, she was. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't. If I had known that, I might have watched it. But I I watched a few episodes. I was like, I don't need to keep watching this, but I can see how it's pleasant. Yeah. Oh man, my brain shut down. But she's she's in a movie that, or she's in a TV show that's based on a movie that I can't remember the name of now. Look it up, guys. Carlo Gugino. Go to IMDb. But I feel like Jeff Goldblum was all over the place for a while, and then I don't feel like I've seen him. He's just on Portlandia every now and then. Yeah. Uh, I miss that guy. Of course, I'm going to say Jeffrey Combs. It's crazy that that guy isn't in every movie. I love that guy. Uh, Barbara Crampton, luckily, has been getting to see a little bit more work lately. That's uh-huh. awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh I mean, I guess he's never been in a ton of stuff, but I'm a big fan of Enver Yokai. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly from Dollhouse, and he was in, he was uh, in Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Don't even get me started on Agent Carter. Yeah. 
I'll never stop because that's a show that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so much that you'll never stop. I'll never stop talking about it. Uh, this is a tough one because I feel like there's so many. And yet I can't think of them. Is uh is Charles S. Dutton in that new Star Wars movie that's coming up? He is. Okay, because I like him a lot. And he's someone yeah. I haven't seen him in too much stuff lately. Oh, she's in Carlo Gugino's in uh Gerald's game. Oh, which I really? think they're making a movie. They're, yeah, of... they're doing Oh, I thought that I thought that, that got wasn't gonna happen though. Are they doing a movie of it still? Uh I think that's what it looks like. Huh. Bruce Greenwood is in it. <laughs> you love Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> uh no real opinion on Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> I, love, to, I love Bruce, yeah, Bruce Greenwood. No, he's fine. He's, I mean, it's, he's fine. I'm glad he's working too. Yeah. So the answer is Bruce Greenwood. I mean, there's a certain time when and I the would, guy who played Lurch in Adams Family. <laughs> you love the Adams Family. I, mean, I, re- I do. I, I mean, feel like I was everyone, a fan of those movies when I was a kid. Like no matter how much, no matter how good they are, like everyone seems to ebb and flow. Like oh sure, I feel like until or like, hustling flow. until uh, the night of, the night of on HBO. Like I feel like I hadn't seen John Turturro in a while. Oh, I see him all the time in my neighborhood walking around. Really? So I did not feel like I hadn't, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah, yeah. Because half the time he's like walking into traffic and then cars are honking at him. <laughs> he's, he's like, just, "Hey, I'm John Turturro. <laughs> he's I'm on, I'm Turturro here. He's just kind of in his own world. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's yeah. I mean, that's that's the having a career is sometimes you work a lot and sometimes you don't and there are a lot of times when... Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. You know, like Gene Wilder passed away recently, and for a long time I was like, I want someone to do for Gene Wilder what Wes Anderson did for Bill Murray, which was like, take someone who had been not as much in the public eye and like make a small movie where they really get a chance to shine. Because Gene Wilder's had plenty of chances to shine. He's amazing. But like, I missed seeing new things with him. Yeah. But he also like, I think just didn't want to perform that much yeah, like he, it was his cho- it was not the hollywood's choice to not have gene wilder and things it was his choice and like sometimes people just don't want to be doing stuff at the moment you know uh which is not to say there aren't actors who are great who want to work and aren't you know because the industry is unfair but we are as always going long so i think i'm going to skip to the yeah last tell the letter. affiliates i'm going to skip to the final letter What's the other? What's the one you're skipping about, though? Why don't you read the one you're skipping? Uh, I'll read it very quickly, about. and we won't discuss it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because there's really not Dan that much rules. to discuss. It was just kind of funny. Dear Dan, I love you. You're the best. Love Dan. Hello. I just woke up after having a dream about you guys, Uh-oh. and I thought I'd share it with you. In my dream, there was a ping pong tournament being held against the podcasters. It was like a Mario Tennis game and that everyone was using wired rackets and had special moves, and Scott Ackerman was, was the ref. <laughs> Your match, for some reason only Dan and Elliot were allowed to play, as using Stuart would be considered cheating, was against How Did This Get Made? You guys won. The only other match I saw was Paul F. Tompkins versus John Hodgman. I didn't see the end of that. Almost too evenly matched. I didn't, I didn't see the end of that one, because Dan went on Dan went on a pirate ship after that. I followed him there, and we sang pirate songs for the rest of the night. Also, Dan was wearing a long black coat, turtleneck, and a scarf the whole time. <laughs> He should wear that in real life. He looks good in it. <laughs> How could you skip that letter? That was a great letter. Moving yeah. on to the next one. All right. So final letter of the evening. Dear Flophousers. Colehousers. Mm-hmm. Curious writers and like myself want to know, <clears throat> Dan, do you dip into the backlog of letters to select a regular slate of possibly pleasurable communiques to read on air? I imagine every letter is filed away in a Raiders of the Lost Ark style warehouse and pulled from the archives by the house cat secretary. I ask because I'm sure that for every longtime listener, first-time writer you read, 
There are thousands of regular writers who curse them and all the last name withheld who make it onto the holiest of holies, that movie mailbag. What does it take to scribe the perfect letter to appease you jackasses? <laughs> Did I mention the house cat? Check. Did I make Dan sound great in the subject line? Mm-hmm. Check. Mm-hmm. Did I then seek to confound Dan and his tongue-tied tendencies with an injurious onslaught of ludicrous, ludicrously laborious <laughs> language for the audience's regalement? It's an alliterative assault. <laughs> Dan, if you read that correctly, almost, you've been practicing. So that check. was, no, when Dan, Dan's tongue is like uh, uh, a friar tuck, if you will, mm-hmm. you don't expect much from it until the big fight at the end, and then uh-huh. he's an amazing battler. Yeah. <laughs> up until then it's just give me back my mutton leg ah <laughs> but then at the end it's like bam 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 taking down the sheriff's men mm-hmm. so for all of us whose letters don't make it past what i can only imagine to be a series of rigorous tests a series of rigorous tests to judge their inherent comedic potential what can we do do we need to wish upon a monkey's paw in order to just once hear my words given voice by the tyrant daniel mccoy call back check how does it work Whatever. CJ, last name withheld. <laughs> P.S. Thanks for re- thanks for reading my letter, guys. Suck it, unread letter writers. I'm part of the club now. Uh, so I'll say that the the two greatest uh, tricks the devil ever pulled mm-hmm. was convincing the world he didn't exist and inventing and, those gross circus peanuts and, that one, and keeping them in stores when everyone hates them and they're gross. And that trick where it makes it look like it's taking his thumb off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great trick, Dan, yeah. <laughs> no, the two uh, best guidelines for a good letter to be read on the Flophouse are the two guidelines for... Uh, a good movie to be re- to be watched on the flop. Okay, I think I know one of these. One, it's short. Yeah. And two, it seems like something that will foster some discussion. So if you want to write a letter, <clears throat> you know, keep it pithy, and maybe ask a question that uh, can uh, inspire us to talk about some stuff. Yeah, I mean, and the failing real thing- that, just be funny. Yeah, you just got to put us on the spot so we're we search for an so answer, like, and then we're like, uh, uh, "I wish Dan told us about this ahead of time." Email us or some shit. Yeah, and we I mentioned you many times, Dan. If there's like a question where they're like, "Give me," can you recommend a da 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 to me? Can sure. You notify us of those ahead of time so we can look them up. Mm-hmm. No, it's funnier that for us to look dumb. Production. Yeah, it's certainly funnier if we sound stupid. I think a lot of times I'll start when, thinking about it. I think it helps when you write into anything that you like. To lose the first instinct, which is to be like, they're going to notice this letter, and they're going to know I'm cool, and they're going to want to be friends with me, which is certainly how I wrote into things for years. That's how, when I wrote a fan letter to the band Tool, (laughs) that's certainly what I did. And just be like, hey, I'm going to write something that either says what I'm thinking about how I appreciate it, or is a question, and then I'm going to say something nice and get out. Like Dan was saying, it's like... The same way that uh, you get ahead more in a job by acting professional than in, like, doing big stunts that, that people are going to notice, you know? Yeah. Because Dan doesn't read the crazy letters. And Those I, are for a special podcast called Dan McCoy's Crazy File. And we get so many letters. I don't want to, like... The days of Dan having to <laughs> ask for letters on the podcast yeah. are over. I don't want to, yeah, like... He was like, Mom, can you just write in a letter and just change your name? <laughs> I don't. Mom, last name with L. <laughs> like, oh, mom, you can't write that. <laughs> oh, no. 
Mom, you're ruining my cast. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like I'm like big timing everyone, but like we get a lot of letters at this point. So it's uh, what you're saying. It's so, letters. We get letters from listeners. We get lots and lots of letters. 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 Yeah. Copyright Paul Schaefer. <laughs> uh, so I'm just saying that because like. Sometimes letters just get lost in the sea of other letters. So if you're really <laughs> keen on uh, being acknowledged on the show, maybe just keep trying, but follow the guidelines. Wow. What? No, that's fine. I don't just think that that was Lay down too the harsh. law. No, Judge Dredd. Sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you Rob Schneider, dude. <laughs> no. And I'm Armand Asante. Wait a minute. Hold on a wasn't he the bad guy, though? I'm the bad guy. <laughs> what voice is that? Rob Schneider making <laughs> copies. So but I thought you were on the song. But I'm making fun of you. Oh, man. Um, That's what it was like on the set, I'm sure, too. I'm sure. Hey, Rob, who am I? Making copies. Yeah, you know, I get it, Armand. Yeah. Oh. The Schneider shit. man. Before we move on, I forgot one, one thing. Jan's cracking up his book bag. Uh-oh, it's full of books and a thermos of soup. So uh, there's just one other note. Long-time listener. <laughs> he literally pulled out his backpack, unzipped it, and then pulled out a folded piece of paper. It was like he was finding a treasure map, <laughs> like a bottle washed up on shore while Dan was talking, and he pulled out the note. Long- so a subject line, Goonies never die. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> the secret of, of Blackbeard's cave. Long time. Get Tintin in here. That's the secret. <laughs> no, no, get Tintin and the duck. The duck brothers. We're gonna have, we're gonna find this one out. Uh, uh, goes hello, Peaches. Long time listener, first time gifter. I've been saving this gift for a couple months now, as I waited for Shocktober to arrive, and I'm also pretty lazy. But here you go. First, a little backstory, though. Before I started listening to your podcast... In West Philadelphia, I was born and raised. Before I started listening to your podcast, I thought I was a weirdo for my adolescent affection for the Puppet Master series. <laughs> and then I heard you guys talk about them, and the Full Moon catalog as well, with some glee, and I thought, if a rad dude like Stuart could like these movies, then maybe I wasn't such as much of a weird kid as I Stuart thought. Stuart has really pulled the wool over the podcast listening audience's eyes. Mm-hmm. That they think he's so, no super longer cool. are the creations of Andreas Toulon <laughs> the subject of mockery, Elliot, but rather something to be celebrated, clutched co- close to one's breast. So thank you, fellas. You started slowly turning into Werner Herzog by the end of it. <laughs> so for the gift you gave me of making me feel less odd about my childhood, I present you with three figures from the infamous Puppet Master series. One for each of you. Please say at least one of them's Leech Woman. For Elliot, <laughs> for Elliot, I present Jester for obvious reasons. Oh, oh hell yeah, dude. A late addition to the catalog. <laughs> for Stuart, I present Torch. Since he's expressed Thug, the yeah. idea to hunt bears with a flamethrower. And he's like the creepy German dude. And, Even though Andreas Toulon fought the Nazis. Oh, yeah. And for Dan. Oh, and Dan got the best one. Six shooter. Because he has six arms and oh. loves wearing a bandana. Yeah, just like Dan. He's a shit. Six shooter's the full, best one. Full disclosure, I know Blade would have been the obvious choice for Dan being the pseudo leader of the group and having a hook for hand. But he's my favorite and I'm keeping him. Also, I'm pretty positive Dan and Elliot will just give theirs to Stuart anyway. <laughs> so enjoy and display them prominently. You mean put them up in the bar Hinterlands, which yeah, is God having a great name withheld. Do you, 
Oh, where's Wednesday? Which is going to have a great Halloween party here the night that this is released. Uh, Stuart, have you started a Flophouse Gifts trophy wall at Hinterlands? Uh, yeah, my Hall of Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a giant penny that's got a big scratch on it, like Two Face. There's I don't think the Robin's penny was dead even body. from a Two Face adventure. <laughs> Robin's dead body. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I have a lot of, I have many things, including an amazing, uh, something that isn't even Flophouse related, a, uh, extreme teen Bible that is sitting on oh, the shelf. Man, you got an extreme, I, I have an extreme, te- I, I can't say, uh, maybe a cleric named Merle gave it to me. Who knows? Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, I currently sitting on my bar is an intricately carved pumpkin with the visage of Myron, the titular head of the family, wow. sitting on my bar and on the back of the pumpkin, carved into the back is are the words, which are chilling and terrifying, upset the head and you're dead. Uh, that was uh, put together by uh, Hinterland's patron and Flophouse listener, <laughs> Brad Pearson, which is great. Nice. So... Nope, Dan is finished putting all the equipment on six six shooter. The removable six shooters into six shooters. uh, And his little cowboy hat. Yeah, and his hat. Um, So thank you very much. That's the thing, dude. If I'm going to fucking Westworld, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be some fucking clown named Stuart. (laughs) Give me extra arms, robots. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's how Westworld the concept works. I don't know, dude. Dr. Octopus made extra arms for himself. You're right. That's foolish of me not to combine those two. (laughs) But thanks again, Scott. Last name withheld. These are lovely. Now we can move on to the next, uh, the last segment after, now that I remembered that. Um, which is uh, recommendations of movies that you should actually watch instead of The Gallows. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, to remind you, don't watch The Gallows. Don't watch The Gallows. I'll go first. Don't, don't do it. Because mm-hmm. Don't you do it. <laughs> if that shows up on your computer mysteriously, just drag it into the recycle bin, hit recycle, then open that up and hit empty trash. Um. So I'll go first. Uh, I want because I watched a movie that I actually really liked. I know that sometimes oh, I recommend whoa, whoa. things. So you, what, so you watched it. What kind of plane was it that you watched oh, it on? Yeah. Or was it a train? An automobile? I watched it at the New Brooklyn Alamo Draft House, which was whoa. a very nice view. Brag, experience. brag, brag. How was it? Incredibly humble brag because it's it just because anyone went to a movie can theater. just go there. Yeah, it's open. Yeah, to the but public. you went early, right? Didn't you yeah. go early during the soft opening? But if anyone like happened to know that it was, did anybody take? Did any paparazzos snap your fucking picture, dude? <laughs> no, but I talked to our friend Christina, who is the programmer there at the Alamo Draft House, who is likened to an angel, mm-hmm. for she has organized many flop house screenings. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I watched the Park Chan Wook movie, The Handmaid. Whoa, oh, I, I can't wait to see that. Which was. Two and a half hours that flew by as quickly as the gallows. Is it not quicker. Was it because of the girl on girl erotica? There was certainly girl on girl action, <laughs> if that's your thing. <laughs> Which uh, is definitely yours based on previous recommendations. <laughs> you, re- you recommend one blue is the warmest color. <laughs> and what was that other one about the, the sub-dom relationship? What? Purple of the velvet robe or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Duke of Burgundy? The Duke, Duke of Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, you recommend two. And what was that other one? With the 
You right. Bound, basically. You recommend the website We Live Together. <laughs> and suddenly you're just a fan of lesbian erotica. I don't think they do live together. Yeah. Uh, but this is a tale of there's a Korean handmaiden who goes to live uh, with a Japanese woman to be her serving girl. And um, it becomes clear that there's more going on than meets the eye. That They're uh, robots in disguise. It, it's, not a, it's not a spoiler because it comes in the first five minutes of the movie that she's there to uh, as part of an elaborate grift on this Japanese woman. Um, and, but in the course of performing this grift, she falls in love with the woman that she's there to serve. First rule, you never don't fall in love. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this movie takes part in. What's the second rule? Don't talk about fight club. And <laughs> what's the third rule? Stop, drop and roll. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> this I mean, movie, those are all pretty easy to follow. <laughs> this movie unfolds in three parts. And each part um, is structure spoiler is from a different uh, perspective, and and um, provides new light on things that we've seen already, while providing new information. And uh, it's not too much of a spoiler to say that the original part of the movie is just one tiny part of what's really going on, and the movie gets twistier and kinkier. And sexier and more violent and more violent, you as say, as it goes along. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I really recommend The Handmaiden. Uh, I would be surprised if it doesn't end up being one of my favorite movies of this year. So that's my recommendation, fellows. Oh, wow. Throwing down the gauntlet with a genuine recommendation and not some bullshit you just happened to watch. Yeah, I'm amazed. That was <clears throat> that was good work, Dan. Good work. So I'm going to recommend a movie I saw recently that I really liked called Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Uh, written and directed, no, directed and adapted by uh, Taika Waititi, uh, who made What We Do in the Shadows and is making Thor Ragnarok. Elliot. I didn't know he was doing Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Which somehow involves World War Hulk and not World uh, Planet Hulk in it. Yeah, yeah, because Hulk, Hulk's in it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, it'll make sense when I see it, probably. So, Hunt for the Wilder People is a charming movie set in New Zealand about a kind of rebellious uh, youth who is uh, adopted by a family that lives kind of in the middle of nowhere. And. Uh, after a variety of setbacks, he uh, he and the patriarch of that family end up living out in the bush and uh, having to, after a rocky start, they kind of get along and form a really great like father-son relationship and friendship. And it's very funny and it is charmingly made and it's sad and great. I totally recommend it. Uh, I don't know how much of this is based on a love of the Lord of the Rings. So anything New Zealandish, I'm a predisposed <laughs> to liking. Uh, but you, you like other New Zealand things. I you do. Like other Peter and, Jackson things. And I also like the fact that the movie stars a certain Sam Neill. He's someone I wish I saw. Who in is stuff more great. On. So you should totally get. I think I really think you would enjoy <coughs> Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, Elliot, I, I would like. Um, to, it sounds really good. It has it has a certain 
it has elements of charm that I get out of a Wes Anderson movie, but I feel I don't understand. I, I can't really put my finger on why I like it. Like a lot of the things that I criticize Wes Anderson movies for, I forgive in uh, Taika Waititi's movies. So I can't really explain it, but uh, it's very charming and carefully crafted, but it still feels human where I feel like Wes Anderson movies are a little too, uh, they, they kind of smother you. Like you don't, there, it does it. There's, you can't breathe in it. All right. I don't know. I like his sense. movies. What are you going to do? I'm not saying, well, no, I think look, you're bad is what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> By saying you're, you you're don't a, like those movies, fan. you say that I who like them must be terrible. Yep. You are aligned with, uh, you're aligned with Randall Flagg, the man in black. Uh, <laughs> and I'm on the forces of light. Hold on a second. So what am I? The trash can man? Yep. I and I'm rolling that. to Shane, baby. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, just bring that hand of God down on the nuke now and, and end it for and me. And Dan is part of my quartet. Mm. <laughs> Which one am I? Uh, I don't. Is there like a little boy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be Stephen King. Is that? Yeah. Is why that okay? not? That's cool. What? It's pretty. It's a pretty good deal for you to be yeah. Stephen King. Yeah, you get to be Stephen King. I'm going to recommend a movie, and then I'm going to recommend a, an actual thing you can go to in person. But first, I'm going to recommend the movie. I mean, you can go to a movie. <laughs> yeah, your local library? Not, the, not this movie. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie called Lemora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. This is a low-budget horror movie from uh, the mid-'70s, 1975. And it's kind of like if Manos, The Hands of Fate, was not a terrible movie. There's something about, like, there's a, a very kind of amateurish, low-budget feel to it. But it's such a strange kind of horror fairy tale of a movie about this girl is the daughter of a notorious gangster, but she's being raised by a minister and is incredibly pure and sings in the church choir. But she gets word one day that her father is sick and dying and she needs to go see him because she still loves him even though she knows he's a gangster. He's always been nice to her. And almost from the instant she leaves the house, she's just encountering weirdos and creeps and monsters And because it's all part of a plot that Lemora, the, the titular vampire queen, is has concocted to get her into her clutches just because she has this attraction to her, uh, mainly, maybe for her purity, who knows, but there's like these hairy vampire were-men that live in the woods who don't like the other vampires. And at a certain point, I was like, wait a minute. It's kind of like I'm watching an Underworld movie, but it's really creepy and weird, and there's something genuinely affecting about it. So you may not have the same mileage with it that I did, but uh, Lemora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural, I found to be just like a really weird, strange, uh, little kind of cheapy horror movie that just has this weird fairy tale feel to it that I liked a lot. On a totally different note, if you're listening to this podcast, the day it's released, I guess, Mm -hmm. if it's before Tuesday, November 2nd, it's a Tuesday, right? No, it's a Wednesday. If this is before Wednesday, November 2nd, then my good friend, former boss, uh, important person in my career, Rory Albanese, Rory Albanese? is doing, he has a new one hour of stand-up. He's doing a show November 2nd at 9.30 p.m. as part of the New York Comedy Festival, and uh, I just wanted to spread the word about it because I'm excited that he has a new hour of stand-up and you should go see it. Uh, it's part of the New York Comedy Festival. If you can't go out and see it, 
then try to find some way to see Lamora, A Child's Tale of Supernatural. Right after I watched that, I watched The Hunger, which I had never actually seen, Mm -hmm. and I found that their plots are similar in a lot of ways, and that both are about kind of like an ageless vampire queen who has a is is drawing another woman towards her yeah. for her own desires and purposes. But only one of them has a lesbian scene between Catherine Deneuve and Susan Sarandon. Yes, but I liked Lamora more sure. because The Hunger, I enjoyed watching The Hunger for its ultra style, but it's not very good. Yeah. And the story doesn't hang together. And where and the Lamora story doesn't quite hang together, but it feels like that's kind of built into it in a way. It's not totally supposed to. Whereas The Hunger, there was a certain point where I was like, I'm like two-thirds of the way into this movie and I'm... There hasn't been a lot of plot that's happened so far, but there's an awful lot of shots that could be in jewelry commercials. Yeah. So go see Lamora. <laughs> and then if you feel like if you feel like a hot glossy lesbian erotica, Dan, go see The Hunger. Oh, I thought you were pitching Rory's comedy special again. <laughs> uh wow, that's four unabashed and one abashed recommendation. <laughs> yeah. So there are a few things I want to quickly say before we go. Uh, number one, you should go to MaximumFun.org uh, and take a look at all the other Maximum Fun. There's a ton of great shows. shows. A lot of great shows. Oh, man, that network. new one is so great. The uh, Dead Pilot Society. Have you listened to it? I haven't listened to it yet. I just listened to Hodgman's episode, Only Child. It is super great. That's a brilliant pilot. Like, it's that's, really great. It's That's very much worth listening to, yeah. Right. It makes me, I've been, I make, I've been telling Hodgman for a while now that he needs to like make that himself it's as so a good. short film. My only, my only critique... I'm glad of, it exists in some performance. My only way. critique of that show is just be prepared to not want to listen to it on the bus or around other things and want to be able to listen to it and totally get into it fully. Because it's, it's like great. watching a show. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to say... Like the old radio dramas. You know, we had to use our imagination. We didn't just have it delivered to us in a picture. People should. There's gold in that there radio. Hee hee. Oh, give grandpa's pills. People should uh, go to the Flophouse YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, which is easily Googleable. Uh, and Just put in Flophouse YouTube. And watch. There's a channel. new Tony Oker animation uh, featuring one Hallie Hagland. I want to see a ghost. <laughs> it's uh, this new song of the autumn, I think. Uh, so enjoy Just that. Just getting in there as the autumn creeps towards its one month to left yeah. time. And if you want to see more uh, Tony Oker animations, toss him some money on his Patreon page. Uh, and lastly, I wanted to thank our silent audience tonight, <laughs> Paul and Storm. <laughs> yeah. We had internet phenoms. Uh, now, Paul and a Storm lot of podcasts here. would try to capitalize on their presence by having them on the podcast. <laughs> no, we said or mention no. at the top that they were there. We said shut up. We said we do things a certain way here, Paul and Storm. <laughs> Just because you're more popular and successful than us doesn't mean you're going to be on our dumb show. Yep, they yeah. showed up uh, and hung out watching this terrible movie, and and Dan was like in his head, like, hmm. Should I set up some more microphones? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of work. But I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. But, my, uh, hands, my hands are too lazy. I wanted to invite... <laughs> to set up more microphones. <laughs> I'm Dan's baby hands. That was not what happened. <laughs> my I my I voice ba- barely sounded like that. <laughs> it was pretty close, actually. I would have to put down my drink. And I don't want to do that. Uh, I keep raising the drink to my mouth. But before we go... I wanted to ask our invisible audience, Paul and Storm, whether they had anything that they wanted to plug. Is there any? Uh, <laughs> funny you should ask. 
<laughs> Come up to the microphone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and may I be the first to say, rare, rare. <laughs> wow, pitch perfect. <laughs> we, we have literally uh, been... I wasn't doing an imitation. I was yeah, just quoting. Sure, yeah. We have literally been, literally been stifling our laughter for about an hour and a half. <laughs> and, then, and then we got to the recommendation section and they were yeah, looking at their they're phones. Like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're laughing at some funny tweets. <laughs> so uh, shout out to my homeboy Merlin Mann because we're here and he's not. Ha ha. Uh, anybody else we want to? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. we. Uh, <laughs> if you got Merlin, you got it all. <laughs> that was it, really. That's all I'm plugging. All I'm plugging. <laughs> No, uh, we, uh, since you asked, we, we help run an annual week-long f- comedy music festival nerd con cruise that, thing. That's funnier, Paul. Sorry, I'm, I'm, it's late and I've been drinking a lot of Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, that should help you talk faster. We run an event, <laughs> you'd think. Pe- Pepsi is the funnier soda. We, we help run this event, it's called Joko Cruise. It's a week-long comedy, music, festival, nerd cruise thing hosted by internet singer-songwriter Jonathan Colton. Uh, it is, uh, there's a crap ton of people on it. You can go to jokocruise.com and see all of the uh, great musicians and comedians and authors and podcasters. Oddly enough, this podcast is not on it this year. It's because we're saving them for 2018, probably. <laughs> oh, wow. A threat. <laughs> <laughs> If we don't meet our quota this year, we're bringing the flop house the next year. You, got, you have some great Max Fun representation this year. I know Sawbones is going to be on there. We have uh, we got this. We got this with Sydney. Uh, yeah, we got uh, yeah Justin and Sydney with Sawbones. We got this with uh, Hal Leblin and Mark Gagliardi will be there. Oh, yeah, I like those guys. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale. We just announced today is going to be performing oh. on there. A uh, bunch of great musicians: Amy Mann, Ted Leo. Uh, John Roderick, Jonathan Colton, Paul and Storm. Prior years, John Hodgman has been on, uh, all except for one. So that's useful. That's useful information. Yeah, (laughs) it's John Hodgman adjacent, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there's a whole bunch of of great. I mean, we got uh, Matthew Matthew Weiner, creator of Mad Men, is going to be there Uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Dan's beard is twitching at the thought of Matthew (laughs) Weiner being there. A bunch of great. We uh, Ed Brubaker, Gail Simone. Chelsea Kane, a bunch of uh, authors and comic book creators are coming. It's going to be a really great time. There it's is a, no aspect of being a nerd that is not covered. It is that, all that represented. Was the goal. This is and then, that and was then the it's goal. all wrapped up on a cruise ship with fruity drinks and stops at place where there places where there are beaches. You can oh, go. We're taking over a Mexican town. We are. Yes, you can go to jococruise.com to find out more about that. I like. Let's leave it as a mystery as far as how we're doing that. Uh, it's 1848 all over again. There's Americans a bunch of ta- invading Mexico. <laughs> there's a bunch of tabletop gaming. There's gaming creators who come on and play test mm, stuff. I'm not into that. Meh. <laughs> but anyway, maybe, maybe some movies. Maybe. Maybe movies. So okay. jococruise.com, J-O-C-O Cruise. Uh, thank you for letting us plug this on your podcast. This sure. unpaid advertisement. <clears throat> no problem. <laughs> uh, what else do we do here, Dan? Well, at this we point, we should probably sign off. Oh, what, gone... Just because this is like 40 minutes longer than the movie was? Yeah. But, uh, Maybe not 40 minutes. Another Shocktober has come to an end, and uh, it's always a sad time. Time but... to pack up the rattling chains and just oil the hinges on that squeaky door, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. put the ghosts to bed, and shave the wolfman, so he's just a regular <laughs> dude. Just grab a broom and say, hush now, boogans. I'm going to put you back under the porch where you belong. <laughs> File down the vampire's teeth. <laughs> and glue the leaves back on the trees. And just set that mummy on fire. 
Because <laughs> it's because he's what got dog poop wrapped in him or something. That's right. You put him on a doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's an antiquity got... you're destroying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. It's a valuable artifact of uh, human civilization. And it, and his dick is a totally uh, good sex aid. <laughs> sex, sex aid. What? Why is it all dicks and <laughs> wieners with you? I don't know, dude. I think I'm going through something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we <laughs> untangle Stuart's uh, phallic obsession, uh, you guys should. <laughs> that sounds like the, they not the, a Cinemax movie where they're not even trying. <laughs> phallic obsession. <laughs> All right, we need. We know what you're. We know what we're getting with this one. It's both too highbrow and too lowbrow somehow. <laughs> Tagline: Untangle the web, <laughs> starring Stuart. Uh, <laughs> and Elliot and Dan and co-starring trying. but very interesting roles <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is thanks for listening we'll get catch you next time good night everyone I've been Dan McCoy oh yeah I'm Stuart Wellington <laughs> and untangling Stuart's issues I'm Elliot Kalen see you later <laughs> yeah that's the audience that's the audience <laughs> no you ruined it <laughs> Sean Connery <laughs> as Jumbotron. <laughs> um, he used to do a bit uh, at The Daily Show where it was Sean Connery has Alzheimer's and he thinks he played every movie role. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was when I played Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth, I said. To myself. As Tom Cruise in the same film. <laughs> Never forget when I played the raptor in Jurassic Park. I was a clever girl. <laughs> yeah. I are we think. doing one of those intros tonight on the flop house? Yeah, we are. Blobity bloobity. Mm-hmm. Be perfect. We don't need to do one now. <laughs> you done it. in one. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Do you live in the fictional city of Chicago? Do you love amazing podcasts like Max Fun's own Lady to Lady, Minority Corner, and Bullseye? Do you enjoy insightful interviews with talented actors and comedians like Dwayne Kennedy and Andre Royo? Don't miss your chance to be part of podcast history by attending the first ever Chicago Podcast Festival. Lady to Lady and Bullseye take the stage on November 17th, and Minority Corner performs on November 18th. Tickets are on sale right now. Visit MaximumFun.org for more information and to grab your ticket today. Right now.